0: Luke 10, verse 25, and it is the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said.
1: So, um, good morning, St. Helens. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, open our eyes and our ears to see and hear your word today. May your Holy Spirit lead us into all truth. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, as you heard, uh, today's reading is a pretty familiar story. It is a story embedded into our, our culture. Um, we have many sayings and stories that are like that, um, that people know. They may, or know, may know or may not know where they are from, but may, they might associate them loosely to the Christian message. Like, the apple of, um, of my eye. Have you heard that phrase before? Be the apple of my eye. That is in, in Psalm 17. Um, and then we've got other, other ones like, turn the other cheek. Yeah? yeah that's, that's familiar and Jesus says it somewhere well this story is a bit like that it is so embedded into our culture which, is, which I think is a good thing we all need to be reminded to be like the good Samaritan that's what we're told, right? right? yeah, it's, it's not a quick, quick question um, you know, being, being kind to people and helping them when they, they need it even strangers you know, the Samaritan is a, is a good role model so as we delve deeper into the story, we begin to see actually the complexities, um, because love is, is a complex emotion. Well, well, I think we make it like that. So let's start at the beginning. We have Jesus teaching, and whilst he, is, he was teaching, a lawyer rises and asks, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" So Jesus refers him back to his own area of expertise. So what does the law say? And the lawyer replies expertly, which we can see in verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbour as yourself. And the first part is from Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your... Uh, Mind And, well, it actually doesn't say all your mind in in Deuteronomy. And uh, the second part is from Leviticus uh, 19. Love your neighbour as yourself. You know, both books are from the first five books of the Bible. The books containing the law. This is um, what he was an expert in. So he should know how to summarise the law. And Jesus answers, do this and you will live. Nice and simple, right? Right? Again, not not a trick question. You know, and Jesus is not giving a trick answer in an attempt to try and trip up the lawyer. He is being genuine. Do this and you will live. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. Do this and you will live. But this is not where the lawyer's concern is. He wants specifics on his own answer. Who is my neighbour? Uh, there's a um, there's a TV program on on, uh, on Netflix called the good. P- I don't. No one watches normal terrestrial TV anymore. Like a channel and you sort of you just watch what you want when you want it. Um, but there's this uh, program called The Good Place, where people who have lived a good life, amassing points um, with every good deed, get to go to the good place when they die. Um, and then there's also a medium place and a bad place. It's very fun. Um, An inheritance based on the amount of good you do in your life. So, if you help, if you help someone across the street, for example, that's one thousand points. Um, but if you're lying about your age to somebody who you're dating, that's minus six thousand points. Um, but probably lying about your age to get into a club is neutral. You know, I think that should be, I think that's right. It cancels itself out. Um, And it feels a bit like this. He is caught up in connecting his inheritance with doing good things. As well as connecting it with being a law-abiding Israelite. Salvation based on works and on privilege. And so then, in that context, Jesus tells this story. We have a man on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho, who we could assume is an Israelite, and he is beaten up by robbers to near death. And we have this famous scene, which everyone knows, yeah? We all know it. Right, okay. This poor man being passed by by two people who should help him, but are more concerned with their own purity. And the story is like the classic joke. An Englishman, an Irishman, and a... Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And they walk into a... Bar. Oh, they go, out, And that's such a terrible joke. I don't know why I put that in. so bad sorry Um, a priest and a mom and a rabbi well done look at you it's logical okay so what the lawyer and all those sitting at Jesus' feet were expecting that the third person would be a lay Israelite so for us we wouldn't know that but for them it's like okay yeah we've got we've got the priest we have the the Levites you know, following the law, and then we've got the hero, the lay Israelite. They can't think beyond that, the everyman. Their world is so small in that sense and narrow, they are only concerned themselves with the Israelite world. So the last person they thought that would enter the story or enter the scene would be a Samaritan. In the time of Jesus, the Samaritans were viewed as worse than Gentiles. They were hated at, by the, by the um, Israelites. Um, as they were seen as physical and spiritual half-breeds in some sense. Physical in the way that they were mixed blood between Israelites and Gentiles, um, caused when the northern kingdoms were exiled and Gentiles were brought in by the uh, Assyrians. Yeah, there's lots of great history there. Sounds a bit like Games of Thrones, it really is, it's quite cool. Um, and spiritual in the sense that they claimed to worship God on their mountain, but not, on, not at Jerusalem. Their existence, in some sense, was an affront to everything it meant to be a Jew. And so the Samaritans hated the Jews back equally. It was open hostility. So Jesus bringing him into the story was shocking. So we have the first two, the priest and the Levite, passing the injured man, both actually, according to the law, doing the right thing. Potentially touching a dead person would require way too much ceremonial washing. It just wasn't worth it. See, the problem with the Levite and the priests is that they showed no compassion, that the law, was a, the, ba- was, the law was a barrier to compassion, that self-purity was more important than love. The motivating law of love was not on their hearts. But when we have the Samaritan, he was moved to compassion. And this compassion compelled him to see this person's humanity, irrespective of where this, uh, this injured man was from. And he, and he did all he could to help. Not just the, the bare minimum, but all he could. He took responsibility for the man beyond his actual presence by paying the innkeeper an equivalent of, of two days wages, which would keep the, the man in there for nearly two months. I wish it was like that today, you know, two days wages. You know, rent prices, uh, let's not talk about that. Um, and also promised to cover extra costs just in case. You see, compassion is a heart movement that compels us to loving action. You know, now love is an unpredictable emotion, but we can control what we do with it. For the Samaritan, it compelled him to compassion, to act in a loving way to another human being that cuts across racial and religious um, and cultural barriers. It wasn't something that could be regulated by just telling me, you know, who is my neighbour? And whilst uh, uh, working in Tottenham, I was doing a bit of youth work and hanging around um, just on the, on the corner with some other young people. And um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, an unmarked police car sort of skidded right and, and stopped right in front of us and said, do you know where this guy was going? Because they, I think they were chasing some guy who, um, and, uh, and you know, I said, no all the other young people didn't say anything because they hate the police of course um and um and then he sped off Uh, a couple of minutes later uh, a police car a marked police car sort of came up again and started asking did you see a guy in a green coat and i looked around all my young people and was like okay none of them are wearing a green coat it's fine i looked at myself yeah yeah it was blue no i was wearing the green coat um, so, you know, I was taken to the side and questioned and, you know, have, yeah, and I had to explain who I was and, yeah, all of that. Um, and, you know, and we, and it, was, it was interesting because I asked them later, you know, you know, what would you normally have done? And I said, oh, normally we just run. So even if you didn't do anything, yeah. It just messes them with them, really, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, okay, I see where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, with this same group of uh, young people, we've, we've run sort of um, inter-state um, football projects um, you know, just working with kids with, from others, from different postcodes with the aim of healing postcode rifts. So we also invited the local Save the Neighborhood team who took um, the wise choice of not, um, you know, entering their own team and being spectators and not, you know, and I think that was a, a very wise choice, actually. Um, but they, you know, they, um, they were there on the scene and they were just watching. And this young boy um, named T, he was, you know, always causing trouble, but he got quite badly injured. He really sprained his ankle, and his ankle started ballooning up. And um, one of the safety Neighborhood team, obviously, was, you know, um, Health and Safe had, you know, um, first aid. I had first aid, but I'm not a great... I'm not the person to go to, by the way. So, (laughs) So at the last festival, I was the first aid. Yeah, I'm not the person to go to. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, the, the safe neighborhood team person, she, she was uh, fully first-aided and she said, oh, you know, she really looked after him and took him to the squad car and then um, uh, took him home. And this young person, had, this really challenged this young person's sort of um, outlook and saying, you know, actually not all police are bad. And I also challenged the police officer saying, actually, you know, I stopped seeing this young person as troublesome, looking for trouble. But actually I saw him as my son. and That really changed her, uh, her outlook. Um, you see, compassion, it removes the veil of hatred and suspicion and prejudice and it and it's something that, it's not something that can be regulated by asking who is my neighbour. But for us, what's the reality? us further um, somebody who's further out of our of our own circle, it's it's harder to be moved to compassion for them. And this is true of myself. You know, I, I could care for my own family, then maybe my friends, maybe my church, maybe then my extended family, we don't always get on with. Um, and maybe the stranger if there's space, maybe. And then we get compassion overload. You know, with the amount of issues in our world, it is overwhelming. You know, watching the news and seeing all the pain and all the suffering and, and feeling totally impotent. And then Red Nose Day reminded me that I haven't done enough. But I know it's the one time in the year that I get to see Lenny Henry on TV. It's just brilliant. Still, still, hey, brilliant. Yet, in Christ, we have, we have one who is who's heading to the cross because he was compelled not to fulfill the law, Um, and the prophets, but he was compelled by love. Christ has that capacity to love the whole of human existence, not just his family and his disciples and his people, but us all, dying on the cross so that no one may perish, but through him have eternal life. His love for us is transforming, and when we have him dwell within us, Through his Holy Spirit, we can impossibly love others. The Holy Spirit calls us to compassion that it it cuts across these racial and religious barriers and other forms of prejudices that we hold, that I hold. It gives us a glimpse of the kingdom. And I say a glimpse because it's still difficult to to love beyond. But in Christ who loved beyond, even when it led him to death on the cross, liberating us, from this intense cultural pressure to be good, because he lived it perfectly for us. And this, this frees us to live that way, to be compelled by compassion, to love and help those around us in, in the outside, in and outside of our own circles. Not needing the law to tell us who to love, but the love of Christ calling us to love beyond. And. I have admit, at times I, I personally struggle. I struggle to imagine what it can look like with people loving beyond. Maybe for me it's a, a lack of Christian imagination. Maybe I'm asking the wrong question. No, Jesus doesn't really answer the lawyer's question. So it's not about who you love, but love like this. Not in verse 29 where we have who is my neighbor? But in verse 36, 36, who was more of a neighbor? Again, not who to love, but love like this. So be so compelled by love for, for another that it causes us, it causes you into loving action without pressure. And in that way, we are following the law of love. You know, Christ loved beyond for us. Um, helps us love beyond for others. In Galatians 6, verse 10, it talks about, um, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those in the household of faith. And I don't think it's about being exclusive about love, but it is this challenge to love someone who is close but strange. Part of the church... um, Um, Who is um, drawn? um, So we're all part of the church. Who is drawn into God's into God's love, as you might be. um, But is but we are we are all different, and within this really diverse community, where it's not always easy. I have to admit, it's not always easy to love someone who is in the same building. This is where the kingdom of love, of love beyond, is first exercised. You know, and I I have personally found. Um, being part of a, a life group really nourishing for me and for my faith. And it's not just the, it's not the studies, but the desire to love beyond for each other um, as we share our lives being challenged by His Word. You know, and of, of course we get it wrong. Our motivations are off, or we get worn out. Um, but when we love beyond our own capacity, when we love beyond our own capacity and love within Christ, which is as wide as the oceans, it does, it does three things. Number one, it, we express glimpses of the kingdom. And number two, it grows our faith. And number three, it widens our Christian imagination. So number one, um, it gives us a glimpse of the kingdom. We get to see, um, in part, God's intention for human relationships. That is for us to love one another in the same way God's love is for us. And number two, it grows our faith. When we show compassion, we begin to see how God's love can change our world in the same way his love wants to change our lives. And thirdly, it widens our Christian imagination. We begin to see that what Christ's hope for his people are, the kingdom he keeps talking about, that is always near. Love and beyond opens up our eyes to see how wide God's love is. It allows us to cross, to cross barriers we never thought we would, or which our culture frowns upon, and even challenging our own, our own prejudices, all the prejudices that we hold. So um, to end, our compassion for others, we shout, um, through our compassion to others, we shout the kingdom of God is near. For in Christ, God's kingdom has come. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to um, impress upon our hearts um, your compassion. I thank you, Lord, that it motivates us without pressure to love others that we normally wouldn't love. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen.